Adventures cast is part of the Fire and Water Network. My uh, branch office voted me uh, Postman of the Year. Oh! It's a very prestigious award, too. Only uh, 267 given out in the greater Boston area. We're very proud of you. Well. Will there be a ceremony? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's traditional to be held at the uh, Gala Postman's Ball. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not going to be televised. <laughs> I hear it's blacked out in this area anyway. Hello and welcome back to Cheers Cast, a podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, and making his podcast debut on Cheers Cast is Greg Solomon. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hey, nice to be here. Um, I, I mentioned on a previous listener feedback episode, I think, that when I first got your email saying that you were a fan of the show, uh, I was a little freaked out because I, I had a much beloved high school teacher named Greg Solomon, and I thought that he was reaching out to me after all of these years. But alas, you are not him, but you are a Cheers fan, which honestly is even better. So I'm a Cheers fan. I'm a Greg Solomon. And every phase of my life, there's always seems to be another one lurking. But I spell my name with two G's at the end. So that's yeah, that I, I think is the difference. Yes. <laughs> let us know, let the listeners know how and when you discovered Cheers and what made it special to you. Well, I discovered Cheers. It was the second year of college. They were in their first season. And the guys on my hall started watching it and started talking about it. And, you know, we weren't spending a lot of time watching TV, but they started watching it every Thursday halfway through the first half. And I just started joining them and I was hooked right away from the beginning. I didn't consider myself a big TV watcher, but there were a lot of shows I really, um, you know, were attracted to. And and this was like a direct extension from the Mary Tyler Moore show and Taxi. And it really drew me in and I've enjoyed it through the years. I've watched it in syndication once or twice. And um, I've probably spent too many hours of my life debating, do I like the Shelley Long episodes or the, or the uh, Kirstie Alley episodes more? It usually always comes to Shelley Long. And then the funny thing is, I think I wrote to you during the pandemic, I decided, you know, I wanted to put something on television that I wouldn't be stuck in front of. And I said, oh, Netflix was playing Cheers. I haven't seen it in a long time. So I said, you know what, I'll just put it on. It'll be on in the background. And of course, I ended watching all 11 seasons, mm-hmm. except the Netflix took it off when there were eight episodes left to go. But I did find them and I watched the whole thing. So, and then while walking every day, I just discovered your podcast and I've been uh, enjoying listening to it. So I'm glad I reached out to you. And um, here we are. I'm glad to hear that too. Um, When you first discovered it uh, all those years ago, uh, was there, was there a character or kind of like a, a thread or some element of the show in particular that you hooked onto or something? Um, You know, I, I really like the interaction between the characters I thought the Sam and Diane attraction was really, you know, cool. And it was just, it was a, a nice combination of acting and writing. And, and it just, it was, it was a fun show. And we all watched it every weekend and I stuck with it all 11 years. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, then let us dive into this week's episode. We are talking about season four, episode 16, Cliffy's Big Score. This one is written by Heidi Perlman, directed by Jim Burroughs, and the original air date was Thursday, January 30th, 1986. Cliff is awarded Postal Carrier of the Year of his branch and is to be honored, along with the other 266 winners in the Boston area, at the Gala Postman's Ball. 
he asks Diane to be his date to the event with the clear understanding that she would be accompanying him as a friend to make him look good. At first, Diane says no, but after some coaxing from Sam, she changes her mind and agrees to go. In the interim, however, Cliff had asked Carla to be his date. She laughs in his face, so he attempts to bribe her several times. Finally, Carla agrees to go when she takes pity on him and because he's buying her a VCR, among other things. So, yes, classic sitcom trope, one guy with two dates to the dance. Probably never thought that one guy would be Cliff Clavin, did you? Now that he has the much classier option in Diane, Cliff attempts to break the date with Carla by passing her off on another postman, which she agrees to after Cliff adds a big screen TV to her VCR. The night of the gala, Carla meets her date, Lucas, a mumbling hippie postal carrier who looks like the third runner up in a Tommy Chong lookalike contest. After the gala, Carla, who actually hits it off with Lucas, discovers that Cliff chose Diane over her and tells Cliff that Diane is secretly attracted to him in the hopes that he will make a move on her. He tries it, pulling the car over and pretending it's out of gas and singing Misty while stroking her arm. Diane kicks him out of the car and drives off, leaving Cliff to walk home alone. All right, Greg, what did you think about this episode? I always love this episode and watching it again, it continues to be one of my favorites. I think it's a highlight of season four. I think there's one or two iconic cheers moments in this episode and it makes me laugh every time I watch it. I completely agree, except for the fact that I always forget how much I like this episode and I've seen it probably more than half a dozen times by now. Um, but for some reason, I just, I kind of, I always go into these episodes thinking, okay, a cliff centric episode in the beginning of the series is going to probably going to be more cringe inducing than, than necessarily funny just because of how awkward he is. And I was like, okay, yeah. I know this one has him in his silly sky blue tuxedo. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I, I forget about that. And then I watched it again in preparation for this. And I was like, this is really, like you said, this is one of the strongest episodes of the season so far. This is I great. Really so. And you know, it builds up to that big moment at the end, but the, the whole journey to there, it's just so funny. And and Shelley Long is just spot on throughout this whole episode. It's, it, it was tough coming up with who was the, the MVP for this episode because there was almost a four-way tie. Yes, I agree with you. So. And I have a feeling it's the same four people. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I'll say another thing. Uh, you were saying this is a common sitcom trope. And I was thinking in a lesser sitcom, and I shouldn't badmouth, but let's say a threes company, they would probably spend the second half of the episode. How does Cliff get out of the second date, these two dates? But Cheers is so smart. You know, it just, it solves it right away and it goes in a different direction than you expect. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's it, like the natural thing is once he is in that predicament, you know, he makes, he's like, I need to ask somebody who is more experienced in this than me. And of course he pulls a lot like Cliff is like, well, let me yeah. ask somebody who's, who knows almost as much about women as I do <laughs> and goes to Sam and Sam kind of like thinks about it. He's like, all right, well, you know, let's, let's put the, our minds to it. And, you know, Sam has this idea. He's like, you know, tell Diane that your girl cousin from Michigan right. is in town and you need to bring her to the, he's like, Oh, wait, wait, she's heard that excuse before. <laughs> I have to tell you, maybe we'll discuss it more. Sam is a nice guy, you know, instead of really thinking he can really set Diane up for something goofy here, he's really looking out for Cliff's interests. Mm-hmm. And he proves once again, he's a decent person, Sam alone he is. 
Um, I really like that about him. Going through our starting from the top, our, our teaser, which is very Sam heavy, which is probably the most he does in the episode, is right here in our yeah, teaser. Yeah, he's, he's not heavy in the rest of this episode. He, actually. He's actually, I mean, considering he's oh. the lead, he Sam isn't in the last seven and a half minutes of the show. No, and he's very briefly in the rest of it also. And by the way, dude, there's also no B plot in this episode. No, there's not really. It's very economical with how they they structure it. Yeah. Yeah. But our teaser, the phone rings. Woody picks it up. He's like, Carla, there's some woman screaming about a two timer or something. She's like, it's Sammy. Woody, just pay attention. Watch this. So Sam takes the call from a woman. He's like, yeah, I sent you those flowers. And that's the note I said. You had a great time, Barbara. And then he has to, he's like, oh, wait, wait. Of course I know your name is Karen and not Barbara. (laughs) And you see him and it's, it's one of the cheers was so masterful at having a one-sided conversation. Yes. Um, yes. And I think, I think coach did this better than anybody, but even, even Ted Danson shows how he does this. He even has his tools around with the water as he's Yeah, I know. I love that detail because as soon as he starts talking, Carla gets him the water. She's like, he's going to need this. Like yes, he's going to, yeah. he's going to, and he starts, he basically goes on this ramp of how he connects the name Barbara to Barbara Streisand. And she was famous for singing the song people. And there's a line about the first people. And he's like, the first woman was Eve. And you think of Christmas Eve and on Christmas Eve, you go caroling. He's like, no, I know your name isn't Carolyn. I know that. And he <laughs> finally brings it up to it's like you after caroling, you care in the gifts. And it's so not, idiotic. It's masterful. It is. It is. And, and, then, the gifts? and then naturally he's like, well, I I accept your apology because his, his date, of course, buys this hook, line, and sinker. And he hangs up and he has to take a big drink. And he's like, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> and Carla's face is just loving it the whole time. It is so good. And like I that. Also, uh, on a personal note, I just have to add in this teaser, I love anytime there's a Barbara Streisand reference. <laughs> and for me, I just have to say my mantra, she's the greatest that ever was, the greatest there is, and the greatest there will ever be. So I have to say that whenever her name comes up. I'm trying to think, did, uh, oh, yeah, that was that in, it was in season one, Diane got drunk with Carla and she started singing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she sang people. It's the second time they referenced the song, actually. I'm always happy when I hear Barbara. Mm-hmm. From there we go to well, I the only reason I wanted to mention the opening credits is because viewers, if you watch this really on DVD or streaming or anything like that, this would be the first time you see Kelsey's name, Kelsey Grammer's name in the credits. It shouldn't be. And yet he's not in the episode. He's not in the episode and he's not yeah. <laughs> in this, he's not a regular in the season. I, right. I, this is just something that I looked up on IMDB because I was curious about it, but during the digital remastering process when they were prepping this to be released on dvd somehow this one episode ended up with the main title sequences for season five so it, it includes it, it still has the picture that they use for for um nick calisanto you know his name is in there and it's got kelsey yeah, Grammer's yeah. name in it for some reason it's just this episode right. they have the wrong title sequence because i'm watching it i'm like so, wait a minute he's not a main character yet and he's not even in this episode yeah, I noticed that, but you're saying the rest of season four, his name's not in the credits? No, no, I think it was just this episode, because Kelsey oh, Grammer does weird. not become, he doesn't become a regular until season five, when he has his name in the He credits. must have been home feeling so happy, he sees his <laughs> name, I have security, and <laughs> in the yeah. next episode, boom, he's gone. Well, in 1986, <laughs> it wouldn't have had, he wouldn't have seen it, this was only like in 2001 when they made the transfer, but um, yeah. anyway, then... 
cut into the episode and, and you're right like we we're right into our a plot and this is going to be the thing that takes off uh cliff comes in and he is beaming with pride about winning this award that everyone is happy for him till he mentions yeah they only give this award to 267 postal carriers in the boston area yeah. no 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 um, in the greater boston area. in the greater boston area yeah. <laughs> so chelsea maybe doesn't get it i don't know i'm not sure um <laughs> And then, like he's he's kind of like talking it up about the the gala and everything, and he says, "I hear the postmaster general is going to make the toast." And Woody <laughs> blesses. Him. He's like, "Wow, a man of his position helping out in the kitchen." <laughs> Only in America. Only in America. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it also shows you know Woody's very young at this point, and he's not fully into his character. And he throws away that "Only in America" line. He, I don't think he lands it as well as he could have. He, he no, says it very fast. If you watch it again, he, he, I think he muffs it. Yeah, a little, yeah. Um, so then Cliff has his proposal to Diane fully scripted, which was smart on his part, you know, considering the nervousness it's that we've not seen. not only from- smart, it's sweet. It's yeah. sweet the way he writes this letter. And well, and well written. Just like- picture it at home with, with Ma Clavin composing it together. Yeah. You know, clearly, clearly outlining is like, there is no, uh, you know, uh, no other expectations or any agenda on this. You'd be doing this purely as a friend, not expecting anything out of this. It would be just, and yeah, I love, because, well, he sets it up perfectly. He's like a woman of exquisite taste. When she comes back loveliness to Loveliness and taste. Loveliness and taste. Yeah. yeah. Um, what and did he, you think? Of- with, Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about his, his whole little pitch to Diane? I, I said, I think it was so sweet. I, it was so uncliff like mm-hmm. And something interesting here, you know, the, as you said, the cliff-centric episodes are really not the highlights of the show. But I think in this episode, it, it shows a little layer of him a little differently. It, he's, it's the first episode where he's really lost his bravado. And uh, you see a little sense of what he's like and what he's thinking. The other interesting thing I think is, uh, well, you'll get to it, but it seems that uh, Diane and Carl are the only two women he knows. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he says, well, I guess I'll have to ask Carl. Which leads to a spit take. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, are you nuts? But I think so, the letter's sweet. And I, and I like how he asks her, and I like the way she's reacting to him. It, it, was, it was a nice moment for Cliff. Yeah, and, and the way she lets him know, she's like, I would love to. And he's like, you would? And he's like, she's like, but I have another another commitment. I have something else going on. I can't do it that way. She she lets him down. And he's like, well, you know, it was just a spur of the moment thing. I just oh thought of it, the fact that he wrote the whole thing out on two pages. Yeah. Um, so then she mentions to, to say if she tells him what it is. He's like, why wouldn't you go? And she's like, well, I have my cheese club that night. <laughs> He's like, you're going to sit around and eat cheese and let him down? She's like, well, we don't just eat cheese. We talk about eating yes. cheese. <laughs> and you're right, Sam is just like, come on. It's like, well, do the guy a favor. Like, you, you know what he, this would mean to him, something like that. And and she's like, well, you know how how easily men fall in love with me, how easily people fall in love with me. She's like, you, Frazier. And he jumps in like, yourself? <laughs> that was one of the best lines in the show. Actually. Yeah. Although I got to say, in Acts 2, when she shows up in that dress, I think that's the yes. best Shelley Long has ever looked in the show. I, you know what? I thought this. I, I think it might have been the best she's ever looked in her life. She yeah, really I mean, looked beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a I, like, with, yeah, without being salacious, it's a sexy looking dress with the, yes. the jeweled choker and everything like that, and her hair pulled back. Sexy, classy, and I mean, Shelley Long's an attractive woman. Was an attractive <laughs> woman during the show, but she wasn't exactly a poster girl. But she really looked beautiful in that dress. Very mm-hmm. classy, and, and uh, she did him proud, as she said she would. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I really like that. 
but anyway, she lets him down, and then she's like, "Okay, the next time I see him, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell him that I'll, I can go with him or whatever." So naturally, <laughs> before she sees him again, he goes to Plan B, and he asks Carla, and he takes her back to the pool room, and he starts reading the same letter. And I love the beat when he's like, <laughs> "You, Carla, a lady of." Yeah, there's a very, a there's a very significant edit in this letter. Yeah. He's like, I can't really say beauty and taste and class or something like that. So he just he cuts it off, and she she literally laughs and she's like, "No," and he's like, "Carla, this, this means a lot to me." She's like, "I know, but think about me, think about my position." And she keeps shutting. And he he raises the stakes. He's like, "I'll buy your dress. You don't have to dance with me." She's like, "Yeah, that's something, but no." And he throws in the VCR, and it keeps on going. And I mean, I. For as much as you know, Carla, Carla's the 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 venom that she can unleash on Cliff. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes it's deserved because sometimes he's being a jackass and needs to be kicked. Many out. times it's deserved, but sometimes it's like she's just punching down at the one person on the totem pole that's lower than yeah. her, and sometimes it, it can actually, be a little much. It was actually cruel because you know she was repulsed when he started crying when she turned him down at yeah. first. Yeah. And then her face is when he starts upping the ante of what he's going to offer her. She, yeah. it, it's cruel the way she's treating him. It is, and yet it didn't really bother me or turn me off her. I still thought she was really funny and playing right in her lane. That that felt right to me. Oh, it's, she's completely Carla in that point. But I'm just saying it, it was really cool what she was doing to him, and and her face. She was enjoying it a little too much. But it was. It was completely Carla. She's a she's a one trick pony at this point, you know. And um, she's she's going to get him for what she can get. And by the way, should we say it? You know, she's taking gifts to go on this date with her. How many steps away is that from being a prostitute? Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, she's taking money, a VCR, uh, the flowers. <laughs> I mean, there is a stipulation that there will be absolutely no physical no contact. Touching, yes. In fact, she doesn't even want him to hug her when she says yes. But but she does it for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? I can't, I can't mess. You know? yeah. All right, we're, we're okay. All right, all right. I'm starting to come around on this. You're changing my mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she she does say yes and everything, and he comes back out, and immediately after he says, you know, I got a date with Carla. Diane comes up and she's like, I'll go with you. And he is so blown away by that. He's like, I'm going on a date with Diane, and and Norm has to almost snap his fingers in front of him, like, what's wrong with the situation? Did you just find out? So, you know, before we move on with that, can I just say something? Diane, um, Shelley Long's facial reactions throughout this whole first half of the show, she's just spot on. And when she calls him over to talk to him, she's not even the main person in the shot. And she gives him this little wink. And uh, she's just perfect throughout this whole episode. She, oh, yeah. yeah. She is and when, spot on when with she, her face, when she's, her body, her When she's describing the dress that she's going to wear and everything yes, like, like that, and, you see how, like, like, just blown over. He's like, oh, my God, this is, like, yeah. the luckiest I've ever been. But if you watch her, you know, she stands a little taller as she's describing the dress. And mm-hmm. Her face is just so proud of herself. She's yeah. really terrific in this episode. She's terrific in the show, and she's terrific in this episode. I mean, I also think part of it is knowing Diane, the kind of person she is, it's a little bit of self-serving because I think she kind of sees this as an act of charity, that she's doing something good. Oh, there's no Claire. question about it. Yeah. You know, she and it, it, there's always something in her back of her mind while she does anything. You know, she's not spontaneous. <laughs> But I'm just saying her acting, her face was just so perfect. Even, even when she wasn't the focus of the attention. So once he has the two dates the, and once um, say, he talks to Sam, he basically gets the idea he would rather go with Diane. So he has to find a way of 
breaking it up with Carla without a Carla getting mad that she's being dumped by him. And also without Carla finding out that he asked right. Diane instead, because that first. would even make her or first that would even oh, make yeah. her more angry. Right. So he has to basically pawn Carla off on another postal carrier. And Sam is like, whatever it is, don't commit to anybody. Be vague. You know, just like <laughs> let let her fill in the blanks and then you can surprise her with somebody. So immediately Cliff sabotages himself by saying, this guy looks like Robert Redford. <laughs> and drives a Porsche. And drives a Porsche. <laughs> he couldn't be more specific if he tried. <laughs> yeah. So then we meet the guy that Cliff actually gets when they walk in together, two guys in tuxedos. And as I said, Cliff, it's this powder blue tuxedo and everything with the oh, frills. Oh, great. It is like you see Diane's reaction when you compare the two of them. She's like, "Oh boy!" But when Lucas walks in, Lucas walks in. How much do you love Lucas? He is. Oh my god! From from the moment you see him and everything, he's wearing a black tuxedo, but he's got socks and sandals on his feet. Socks and the Birkin socks. (laughs) Yeah, he's got tie-dyed headbands. He's got the tie-dyed headband. He looks like a heavy burned eye. He's got like the thin, you know, glasses and everything. Just a weathered, beaten face. You imagine he's spent a lot of time in the desert or something like that. Um, Which, interestingly, the only guest actor in this, yeah, I I say he spent a lot of time in the desert, but um, the actor who plays Lucas is a guy named Timothy Scott, sometimes credited as tim scott and if you look at his imdb page pretty much every western tv show <laughs> like between like the 60s 70s 80s 90s and everything but also um, he was also in butch cassidy and the sundance kid western movies western tv shows so there's a um, second robert redford connection there <laughs> there you go <laughs> might have been he a stand like him, and he was in a movie with him <laughs> yeah, yeah. but instantly they're like hey lucas say hi to the gang and it's almost hard to imitate it, but he's just like, it's you, a mumble beyond mumbles. Yeah. And everybody just kind of lends like, they're like, what is it? And, Cliff is and like, I, I defy you to listen to it and try to figure out what he's saying. <laughs> and, There's no way. And, and the only, like Cliff just throws away, like, well, you get, Lucas spends a lot of time talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's I like, think there's gonna... something going on besides that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, what does Diane say? She, he knows his way around a mushroom or two or something yeah. like that. <laughs> um. And Carla comes in and she's like, what does she say? Like uh, one of the kids spit up on her dress. So she's got this like. This brooch. Yeah. Yeah. But like this like very glittered out. It almost looks like a. It's not like a 20s flapper dress, but it kind of has that type of like. Well, can I say, you know, Carla, I said she's up until this show, she's really been like a one trick pony throughout this whole series. You know, she Mm -hmm. comes in with her, her witticisms. And, you know, she's had a few storylines, but it's everything we know about her. When she walks in in this dress, if we could call it a dress, I think <laughs> it sort of reveals a little bit about her character, what she thinks is classy, what she, what she considers attractive. And if you go skip forward ahead to uh, Woody's wedding, she wears a similar type of outfit. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot about her as a person, yeah. as opposed to just her behavior in the bar. Mm-hmm. And, and, no, and that I'm- red thing on her head, that feather or whatever it was. <laughs> Well, we we know that Nick Tortelli is her idea of a classy guy. So. Yes, and she likes she likes guys who are wet. She said <laughs> yeah. that in the past also. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so they they manage. He, he tell she's like, why why are you going with in with Diane and everything? And Cliff diffuses it. He's like, you know, she's the only one I could scrounge up, but you're going with this Lucas guy. And they, he like offers her a, a flower or something. And he just kind of again does his little <laughs> and she's like, what did he say? And I'm giving it away right now. But I know. I think, I think you and I are going the same place. I, I think it's my home run for the episode. She's like, what does he say? And Norm's like, I can't believe it matters. <laughs> I can't imagine it matters. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time he says that. Yeah, so good. He's perfect. Yeah. So cut to then, basically for the last. Well, well, oh. well, what you also missing when Cliff gives Diane her corsage? Oh God, the corsage! Like you know, and it's like a many, junior prom moment for Cliff. Oh, it, it's. I don't know many florists that measure their work and how many knots of wind it can withstand. <laughs> but Cliff oh, found it. <laughs> yeah. And then for like the last third of the episode, really, in terms of like timeline, it's like I clocked it. It's like seven and a half minutes for right. the rest of it. And it's just Cliff, Diane, Carla, and Lucas. And Carla and Lucas are in the back and, of the car. And out of the bar. Yeah, out of the bar. One of the well, actually, up until this point that we're out of the bar. Yeah. For the, uh, we, we actually get a shot of Cliff leaving the the building and getting into his car which i i don't remember but i think this is the first time they're using like exterior footage of one of the main characters like not on one of their sets not on like the soundstage but like at a location yeah which they do again for the final shot when he's outside the car walking away and i think also there was there was one episode i think maybe a few before this where they go bowling and they're in the bowling alley but right, then, but that but the bowling alley would have been a set, and like I mean, the beginning of this season, like you know, we've had like Diane's apartment, and we had the convent, so they have left the bar a few times before. Right. But this is like actually like a a single camera shot of something that they would have had to film like on a location other than the soundstage. I think you you think that we're really on location that wasn't just a screen behind them. Um. Well, maybe I mean maybe it could have been yeah. I'm trying to I, think. That's what I, I it, it didn't look real enough to me. It looked. I mean, the yeah, the the street at the end is dark enough that it could have just been a, a screen. You know, I, I would be curious about that. But you watch might it be again because right. also when they're in the car, you sort of see occasionally like headlights passing by, but they're not like they're like movie headlights. They're not really right, right, right. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the car was just like a, a set built on that thing. But like in yeah. terms of like seeing, there's like a shot of like Cliff like walking away from the building with like the the, the banner, like the Gala Postman's Ball or something like that. Well, that would be interesting if they took him out of the bar just for that one. If they actually shut that on location mm-hmm. for that one brief moment. Yeah, that, that and that was the thing that kind of took me out of it because if like. The episode came out January 30th, and I was like, uh, January 30th in Boston? I was like, oh, I didn't think they'd be wearing heavier coats than that. But. You have to but anyway, suspend disbelief. Yeah. yeah. Once Cliff is getting into the car, we find he just kind of like tilts the mirror and looks in the back seat. He's like, hey, you guys seem to be hitting it off. And just climbing up, gasping for air, we see Carla and Lucas this guy that you're like, oh my, like, how is she going to react going on a date with this loser? And lo and, and behold. Actually, yeah, they're in the back seat, like on the floor of the back seat. Making out heavy. Which they do almost perpetually for the rest of the episode. In fact, <laughs> there's a moment when Diane and Cliff are talking and you see Carla and Cliff, Lucas just going down again behind the seat <laughs> later on. It's like, oh my God, like, of course, of course this is Carla's date. <laughs> But we didn't see it coming, I'll tell you that much. No, no. And, and of course, 
Cliff is like so blown away. He's like, he's like, I, you know, he's like, why am I even paying you for this? He's like, right. you're making out better than I did. He's like, I should have asked you instead of Diane. And that is, of course, the tip off when Carla's like, what did you say? You asked Diane right, right. first. And he's like, no, no, he, he tries to deny it, but she knows it. And then, of course, she smells the blood in the water and she goes yeah. before him and she tells him, you know, Diane was saying she wishes you'd come on a little bit stronger and do that one thing that no man would do. And she tells him to <laughs> stroke her elbow and, and sing Misty. <laughs> so Diane gets back in the car and they're driving off and Diane is telling Cliff, she's putting it right up there. She's like, I, I was really attracted tonight that you, you seemed genuine. You seemed honest. You were vulnerable. You weren't trying to be a Sam Malone type of character. You know, that's not what women really want. And Cliff was like, how come Sammy gets all the women? That she's like, oh, he's gorgeous. You know, <laughs> which she could admit that to Cliff, but not to you know, anybody else. Not, certainly not Sam. Um, and I uh, would have thought not to even to herself. Then, of course, he, he can't help himself. Of course, Cliff has to sabotage it. And he pulls over and pretends they're out of gas. And oh, while she's looking around, thing. he does the thing. He starts stroking her elbow with his, like, pinky finger or something like that. And she just, like, gets stiff, like, bolt up. Like, you talk about her facial expressions. And then he does the whole, look at me. I'm singing Misty. <laughs> Misty. And it gets awkward the longer it goes and she just kind of like looks at him and he proceeds to the next verse <laughs> I know. he tries he tries she says get out <laughs> she says get out and he just he starts singing it again <laughs> but I think her reaction her it's just one of the iconic moments of cheers you know it's something you think about when you think about this show mm. and she doesn't overplay it. She doesn't slap him in the face. Just the way she looks up, it's almost like a B. Arthur take, the way B. Arthur would do it in, in her shows. It's it's so fantastic, and it's so perfect for her. Yeah. And he continues stroking his fingers on her shoulder. Yeah. He's such a clown. He's just, like, committed. He's like, yeah, just keep on going. This, I'm, I'm in it now. I can't back down until finally she pushes him out. And she's like, did you really think this would work, pretending we're out of gas? And but, you know, he says he says to uh, Carla before she sets him up, he says to her, you know, at least you're getting some loving tonight. Did he really think he was going to get any action with Diane? I think it was a combination of, I mean, I think I think part of the reason why he, he dared to ask Diane and actually scripted the letter was because this actually meant something to him. I think this was actually an important night for him to be oh, yeah. honored this way and to give a speech. You know, Diane actually says, I thought your speech was the best out of all 267. <laughs> oh, can you imagine sitting listening to those speeches? Yeah. So I, I think just between the, the natural high of the event of being awarded and having the thing, being with a woman who is leagues out of your, out of, like, like far out of your league yeah. um, and looking as good as she does. And then having to pay like Carla just to go with somebody else and knowing that, you know, these two people, they like, they, they're hooking up. And he's like, why can't I like, you know, cap this night off like the best right. way, you know, that would make it a dream come true. I think he just, he can't help it. He succumbs to the fantasy because it was such a good night up until then. All right. Cause I can't believe he went in there expecting that he was going to get in any action with Diane. I, I don't think he was. I, I think it was a dream that he never expected until Carla just planted the seed. Right. And I think that's all it needed. He was just so desperate that a little seed of hope was enough to so high on the evening, the greatest evening of his life. Yeah, that he just like that that tiny little seed that like any 
any rational thinking just just crumbled at the possibility <laughs> that it might happen and he was willing to throw it all away and ends up getting left out in the cold and having to walk miles <laughs> home. So And they leave him there. They drive off and he's there by himself. He's driving he just leaning there and has to walk up just whistling the theme to Misty now. <laughs> which again okay, so in the beginning of season three, there's that episode, the Halloween episode where he's um He's dancing with the other girl, and they're they're um, he's Ponce de Leon, remember? Yes. And I think, if I remember correctly, the song that they were dancing to in the original release in the '80s when it was originally broadcast, I think they were dancing to Misty. And then in the rebroadcast or when it was syndicated or on on Netflix, they changed the song. But I think I, I think I talked about that with Rick, my guest on that episode, that it was originally Misty. So something like Misty is like. Cliff's song, although it was Carla's idea this time. But she, maybe she remembered. Maybe, maybe. So, this is a really strong, really funny episode for the season, which I, for some reason, I always underestimate this one because I think Cliff centric episode this early in the season. I mean, he's not quite crazy yet, so it's probably just going to be a little more, more awkward. But man, this one was a good one. This, I think this is a great one. I, I, I don't rank them, but it would certainly be in my top 10 if I really thought about it. Because I just mm-hmm. it's one of their strong episodes. There's not an ounce of fat in the script, in the direction. It, it, it just, it flows perfectly. And it doesn't need a B plot. No, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Um, for Norm's tab, I gave him credit for three beers in this episode. Now he's really only seen drinking two, but when Cliffy walks in and says, I want to buy a round for, the bar, for my friends at the bar... I'm saying that Norm absolutely collected on that one. And got oh, no question name. about it. Yeah, he absolutely no had that beer. It. So I'm giving him three for this one. And that brings him up to 341 beers for the series so far. Wow. Um, for the employee of the week, it was, it was a race between Cliff, Carla, and Diane. And I could even make a case for Lucas for just being that tiny little guest star with three lines that you can't even hear. You and I are on the same page. And, I, you know, I, I, it's a Cliff-centric episode. Cliff is very good in this episode. And I want to give it to Lucas very badly, but I really have to give it to Diane. She, she holds it together. She responds well to him. She, uh, to me, Diane is the employee of the week. And, and she's so good. I'm, I'm going to go a different way. I feel the same way. It's a Cliff-centric episode, and, and John Ratzenberger is awesome in this one. And I also... <laughs> Almost want to give it to Lucas just for that tiny little. Oh, tiny I want to give it to him so badly. Also, yeah. But I'm going to end up giving this one to Carla, if if only just for their scene in the back in the, of the pool room and everything like that. Just the way she dangles him, the way she manipulates him, and then just the fact that she ends up making out with Lucas <laughs> in the back of that car. Well, if I give her to give to, if I were to give it to Carla, it would be for wearing that red dress or that dress with that thing on her hair <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the brooch, and <laughs> that to me was my favorite part of Carla. Yeah. Because. So really strong, like, like really strong with four different possible possible yeah. uh, characters, but you're giving it to Diane. I had and one, no and one of the few where Sam is not in the running. <laughs> yeah, really, really. What about your home run or what did you think was the funniest or best gag? All right. So I have two. One is we said is that Norm line where Lucas mumbles and <laughs> Carla says, what do you say? And Norm says, I can't imagine it makes much difference. <laughs> That's the line that makes me laugh. But there's the visual home run, and it's when Lucas and Cliff and Carla are standing there with their outfits for that prom for the for the ball for the ball. It's just so funny to look at them in those outfits, and uh, it's, so that's a visual home run for me. That is a really good one. That is a good one. Um, yeah, I, I had a few other runners up, like um, 
the, the when when Cliff is asking Carla and he has to amend, he has to make the edit to the list where he's like a lady of exquisite a lady yes. <laughs> and he makes that change I like that one um but my other runner up would be just him like the the moment where he's singing Misty and oh, Diane is just stiff and like not reacting and everything and when she tells him to get out and he keeps singing the next line <laughs> but he he keeps singing he keeps stroking her shoulder <laughs> he's like pretend she didn't say that pretend I didn't hear that just keep... um so it's oh it's a, it's a good one so um yeah so uh, greg i know you don't have any other podcasts or anything that you, uh, you need to plug but i really i want to thank you for being my guest on this episode and thank you for reaching out uh, and telling me how much you enjoy the podcast it's my pleasure i love the show i could talk about it anytime and um i i have been enjoying your podcast listening to it and it's it's been a fun accompaniment to rewatching the series oh well, i will definitely have you back if you're available so i would uh, enjoy it i had a fun time uh, in the meantime, I want to thank all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook, favoriting and retweeting on Twitter, and leaving a comment on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford Wright from the Right On Podcast Network, as well as Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents and Monday Movie Muckabout, who sponsor this show. For more information on how you can support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time, we're closed. Carla, uh, don't, don't you want to meet your date? I thought he was supposed to look like Robert Redford. Well, uh, he, he does, from a distance. Yeah, Mars. <laughs> And I think you'll soon find out just why a planet came to mind. <laughs> Carla? Like you to meet Lucas? Lucas, you, you date uh, Carla. Where's four and three? What did he say? I can't believe it matters. <laughs>